This morning, I would like to try to answer a question from the Scriptures that will allow you to do something you may have not, never done before. So, would you open your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 7 through 12. And I would like to answer this question to you today. How can I celebrate or have Christmas every day of the year? Are there any children here today that would like to have Christmas every day? All right. Are there any teenagers here that would love to have Christmas every day? No teenagers? Oh, boy. Oh, I see you back there. Yes. All right. Now, what about you rest of you folks? Would you like to have Christmas every day? Well, you're a little bit reluctant, and I know why. Because the bill comes to your house. But to imagine to be able to celebrate Christmas every day for 365 days a year. That is amazing. But we have an amazing Bible. We have an amazing God. And if we'll just listen and tune in to God and let Him show us, we can have a joyful celebration such as Christmas every day of the year. Look at these verses with me, please, uh, here in our text of uh, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7 through verses 12. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, you will give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, you will give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, Give good gifts, give good things to them that ask of him. And this is our key verse. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this text of Scripture Thank you, Lord, for encouraging us today. Thank you, Father, for blessing us with your, spread, your presence and your power, your love. Thank you, Lord, for preserving your word, that we have a true scripture, the scripture, the only holy Bible, the word of God uh, that we preach from today, Father, to, to share the message of hope that we each can enjoy and, and have experiences within our life because of your son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins. You who have brought us from darkness into light. You have brought us from weakness into strength. You have brought us in hatred into love. And God, we thank you for the precious promises of your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit will work among hearts today. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. We're not far away from 2019. Does anybody know if we have 365 days or 364 days next year? Have you checked on that? Well, get your calendar. And not, not right now. Wait, just hold off. Don't go to the calendar on your cell phone. But uh, I believe we, we pretty much make 365 days. But 365 days. And we find that in these verses of Scripture, it's about giving and receiving, or asking and receiving and giving. And pretty much our lives are filled with those things, seeking or asking and then giving and receiving. That's what Christmas, I mean, do we not buy presents for our loved ones, our friends and our neighbors? Well, maybe not the neighbors, but at least your loved ones and your friends. No. You, ha you have a heart's desire to share your life and the blessings of your relationship with whomever that is that you take enough time and enough interest to make it special just for them. Listen, God took time for us, didn't he? He, he, he saw the need that we had, and he... he took the time uh, to send his son because he loved us. He sent his only begotten son that through Jesus Christ we might have life e eternal. We have, a, we have a giving God. And, uh, and it just doesn't stop with our salvation. That's where it starts. And continually in our lives daily, we find that we are able to uh, go through life with the difficulties and the hardships and the problems and heartbreaks and all of those things, we're able to go through them in life because of Jesus Christ being in our heart and in our life. We being more like God. We being long-suffering. Parents, I hope that you're long-suffering with your children. And, and maybe you need to get on your knees once in a while and ask the Heavenly Father, Lord... What did I do to my children to deserve these children? You know, I've prayed that prayer before many times. You know, God, if there's anything that I did to hurt my parents, reveal it to me. I want to confess it. Why? Because I want my children to grow up to be good and loving and responsible and God-fearing people. And I'm thankful for uh, the fact that we're here today because the Lord changed things in our lives. And the Lord gave us a heart to give. But you'll notice in these first verses, verses 7 through verses 11, we find there is a preparation that we're given that will come in verse 12. And what changes verse 12 from verses 7 through 11 is the word, Therefore. Therefore, which means, listen up, this is what I want you to do. All things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Now those, that phrase, the law and the prophets, is what is known as the golden rule. 
Have you ever talked to your children about the golden rule? Have you ever talked to others about the golden rule? Jesus had something to say about receiving and giving. And if you'll open your Bibles to Acts chapter 20 and verse 35, we're going to see there that Paul is having his last meeting with his beloved church at Ephesus. He is telling them that they will never see his face again. He is telling them what he has done in the period of time that he has been with them. And as we close down into verse 35, it says, Paul is saying, I have showed you all things. How that, uh, that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of our Lord Jesus. How he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I have watched people in their Christian faith. And I have watched people that their, their heart was open and their hand was always out. Not to receive, but to be able to give. Some of you here this morning are gifted with the gift of giving. And what a blessing it is to know those that no matter how much they give, God always blesses and blesses. Shirley and I lost a dear friend of ours. Uh, what has it been since Sister Betty passed away? Almost a year? Yes. Diane was telling me at the funeral yesterday that it's almost been a year since her, her mother passed away. <clears throat> Sister Betty was one of the most giving individuals that I have ever met. She would buy things all through the year and she would hide them all through her house. And when a, when a need arose in somebody's life, she would go and find that and take that gift to that person. She was always preparing food. She was always giving food away. Never did we go to her house and spend time with her that she didn't send some back home with us. And she was just a generous. Now, she had her human faults, as we all do. We're not perfect, are we? No, sir, we got a flaw in our, in our makeup. And, and sometimes that flaw can come out. Sometimes it can be seen. If we're not careful, if we don't live in the spirit like we should, if we get weak in the flesh, if the hair rises up on the back of our neck, we know that we are going to say or do something we're going to regret later. But being long-suffering and patient with people. But God here is telling us what the joy of this occasion, of this season that we're in, and just... As one little, one little child motioned for me, and I, I leaned over, I leaned over, and, and she looked this way, and she looked that way, and then she looked that way, and then she whispered in my ear, two days, it's going to be Christmas, <laughs> two days, wow, were you ever that excited about Christmas? I'm telling you, we can be excited about it. And we find that in verse 12, uh, it, as it changes the thought of, 
of getting and receiving to giving. And with the spirit upon which we give, no matter how old we are, how young we are, we can take and make a good thing happen, or we can be bitter or angry at somebody, and it could be a bad experience. You may, have, you may receive a gift at Christmas that when you open that gift up, you're going to be disappointed. How many of you, how many of you saw the movie, uh, The Griswold Christmas? The husband is, is believing that his company is going to give him a great bonus for Christmas, and it doesn't come through. Of course, they take action, and I won't talk about the movie too much, but basically that may be some of you that you were expecting something from, from your uh, employment, and uh, maybe it didn't come through as you expected. And you might be disappointed in people. They buy you something that, that you're not going to wear it. What's very personal about people's clothing? Are men particular about their ties? Squealer, be quiet. I'm very particular about my ties. And my wife goes shopping with me, and she picks out some of the beautifulest ties that she likes. But they don't, they don't register on my radar. I just, a tie has got to do something for me. A pair of socks, they got to fit right. A pair of shoes, you know, you just, you have things that you just want them a certain way. But regardless of what happens in the gift, remember that that person gave it in love to you. Some people in this world do not acknowledge the gift that God gives through His Son, Jesus Christ. They do not accept salvation. They reject it. But I want to tell you that the price that God paid for your salvation and it is paid for. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we recognize the fact that there's no amount of money in this world that could be compared to the gift of eternal life through Christ. There is no amount of work that any individual can do to earn the merit of being in heaven. And when we, when we, as human beings, when we experience Christmas, it, it, it is what Brother John say earlier about his children. Wow, just to watch them rip into those packages, tear those packages open, and see what they've been gifted. Did anybody see the news report about a seven-year-old boy that played with toys, toys, and he earned a large amount of money. Y'all saw it, see that? How many of you didn't see it? Good, I can make up whatever story I want to. You won't know about it. No, I'm going to tell you the truth. On the news today, they had an article on the national news about a seven-year-old boy that all he does is play with toys. And he has become so popular on YouTube, that he earned 
$21 million this year. Now, how would you like to have that salary? Don't you think you could do a lot for the Lord and, and your friends? And maybe a few pennies for yourself? I mean, 27 years old. He's always a, he's, he's already a sensation. Well, you know, when we grow up and become adults, we never stop having toys, right? We were driving down the bypass yesterday, and this car took off with those beautiful-sounding mufflers. I mean, he was getting on it. That's the best I can do. I've got a little sore throat there. And it was an old couple in it. Two old folks. Not a thing. But it does shock us sometimes and surprise us that you never stop having fun. Enjoy life. But know that real enjoyment is giving because God gave. And we find that during the time of this year, people have become more kinder and more friendly, most of them. I better put that exclusion there. Most of them have become very friendly. People are just more loving. Because it's a season of giving. If you learn what Easter is really all about, it's about giving, not receiving. It's about the fact that God gave us eternal life. Now we can live and give what He wants us to give away. And um, you know that people, you see it on TV. There's, there's all kind of organizations that are trying to raise money for food, for clothing, for housing, for special needs. We had a family arrive at the church yesterday while we were having a 50th anniversary, and a, and a man came in with his daughter. I knew the man from about a year ago, and he said he's got in per permanent housing and no longer is living on the street. He said that he has got a job, and he is a man who puts down wood floors, but work's been slow. And those of you that work seasonal work, you know what I'm talking about. And, and especially this time of the year. And, and so uh, we helped them with some food and a little help financially. And, and we're able to send them on their way, hoping that they will have a blessed Christmas. We get many opportunities. And by the way, we go to the hospital and visit sick, sick people all through the year. But there's something special about thinking of people who are sick and lonely and uh, they're shut in or they have no one to visit them. What an opportune time for us to go and minister to people in their time of when the season, one should be happy and full of laughter and joy, uh, but sometimes people feel like that no one cares. They feel like there's no one that's really interested in me. They've just kind of put me over here and I'm, I'm by myself. But I can tell you that Jesus Christ went to every person with the joy of giving them something that would be eternal. 
You can do a lot of things for people, but there's no greater thing than to take the Word of God and show them God's love. To show them how that, that God will take care of their needs. In fact, Philippians 4.19, what does he say? My God shall plow, uh, supply how many of your needs? That's right. It says, but God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Remember that every, every good and every perfect gift, and the apostle James wrote about every good and perfect gift that cometh down from the Father of lights, of whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is always the same. He loves you. God is always the same. He is long-suffering with you. God is always the same. He wants to be present with you. And therefore, He gives you that opportunity to understand how you can be a better person and you can understand that the things you can do in life 365 days a year is to learn how to give to others. What a blessing it is. People get generous at Christmas time. They do many things that they wouldn't normally do otherwise. But folks, being able to do that every day brings great joy and happiness. There will be many times in a given year that you will have the opportunity to minister to someone in some need. Always be willing to let God show you and reveal to you when there's an opportunity to give to someone or to help them. Now, what if God blessed you in this next year and your income doubled or it tripled? Would some of you need some smelling sauce? Wow. And what would you think? What would you do with, with what God has blessed you with? Would you buy a new car? Would you buy a new house? Would you buy a new boat? There are many things that we want to have in life. But what if we took some of that and we planted it in the lives of others because of the love of Jesus Christ? What does God tell us about giving? He says, give and it shall be given unto you. I can attest to the fact that you cannot outgive God. And every time you think you can give and you can give and God will be uh, oh so happy with, listen, God doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our intelligence. Well, we do when we become a Christian, but I'm talking about, uh, you know, God wants fellowship with his creation. He wants fellowship with man that he created. And uh, we find that as we as we live this life, as we go along, as we think about the opportunities, listen, there are some folks that are hurting right now. There are some folks that are grieving right now. Yes, they're rejoicing that their loved one is in heaven with Jesus, but I'm telling you, there's an emptiness. There's going to be one less person there at the gathering of the family. And for those who have lost and lost a loved one, and they died uh, or parted this life in this time of the season, you're going to always remember that. 
You're going to always think about that. But here's, here's the blessing. If you know Jesus, you're going to see him again. If you know the Lord, you're going to be with him in heaven. What a rejoicing. I'll tell you, uh, I have rejoiced over being able to preach funerals of Christians that have been faithful and their testimony has been pure and the life they live has been honest. What a blessing to get up and say things about that person you know that those are real. But I've also had to preach funerals of people who were murdered, people who died because of drugs, people who got drunk and wrecked their car and killed themselves. It's hard. And the only thing that you can do that's going to help that family that's grieving is to be careful what you say about that person that's in that casket. You can't go talking a lot, a lot of things because those, those families know that person. They know how they live. They know how they died. But what you do have is you have an opportunity that you're looking out of this family and these friends that have gathered and some of them look like they need Jesus really bad. And so what you do is you talk about life, not death. You talk about what God has done for them. You talk about the hope and opportunity that they have. And you, and you try to minister to their grief and their loss. And God gives us that opportunity to encourage those who are hurting and those who are less fortunate than we are. I know sometimes because of the human nature of man and the fact that men will deceive you, right? I mean, what is this world coming to with these scams? A good friend that my wife went to school with and, and her brother-in-law's brother married, uh, she's a widow, uh, she came to my um, sister, Shirley's sister, came to her and her husband and said, I got a phone call, and they told me that if I could get $2,000 from you and send to them, that they were going to give me a million dollars. Now you say, well, that's, that's a scam. But people who've never been scammed, I'm telling you what, they're vulnerable. They're vulnerable. Took two hours to convince her you're not going to get $2,000, and, and you better not send a penny to those people. I had a call one afternoon, and this gentleman said, Hi, uh, Mr. Talbert, I am uh, so-and-so with Publishers Clearinghouse, and you are a recipient, a winner of X amount of dollars. And all you have to do is pay for the taxes on this. And, and I said to him, you are a phony. And I didn't fall off a, fall off a pumpkin wagon yesterday. <laughs> Goodbye. If it's too good to be true, it's a lie. That's what Satan's doing in a lot of hearts and lives these days. He's trying to convince people that they can live in sin and not have to be accountable for it. But God says we will be judged for everything that we've ever done, good or bad. God says those people who never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, one day they're going to die. And God in Revelation says they're going to be brought back before the throne of God. 
and they're going to have the books opened of their life. And everything's going to be read about what they did and didn't do. And the Bible tells us that they were not in the Lamb's book of life. They were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. Isn't that a shame that people are going to die twice? They're going to die a physical death and they're going to die a spiritual death. And Jesus came that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. And we can experience the joy of living for Jesus Christ and just remembering about thinking about giving and giving and giving. Every day, learn to give. And you will draw closer to the Lord and God will reveal greater things to you. Now, I am not a prosperity preacher. Please understand that, you know, there are, there are preachers that preach that if you will drop a seed in here, we're going to see you get blessed by a certain amount. Now, I often wondered, well, where's that seed going? We had a little uproar of a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, just a week ago. He bought his wife a $200,000 Lamborghini. And, they, and they, were, they were just shunning him and saying all things about him. And, of course, he had a hoodie on when they interviewed him. And he said, uh, he, said uh, he put it down and he said, this is the husband of my wife. I did this for her. Well, you know, God gives us liberty, doesn't he? But I think that when we live in excess of life, you know, the Bible says not many rich people make it. Why? Because they depend on what they've got and not what Jesus has. And Jesus had a man that wanted to follow him and said, what do I do to inherit eternal life? He said, go give everything you've got away and come and follow me. What did he do? He walked away. Why did he do that? Because he looked at what he had and he thought that was more than what God could give him. Listen, God has more for you than you could ever give to him. And he wants to do that. So we can be joyful. We can have the experience. We can learn how to live in a, in a spirit and an attitude of having opportunity every day of our life to be a blessing to someone. Not that we receive, but that we give. What did our text say here? that we read a while ago in verse 12. Therefore, he says in verse 12, he said, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Now this, this relationship of giving, it's not, about, it's not about salvation. It's not about working your way to heaven. It's about living in the joyful experience of Christ being able to impact a world and change a life. Is there anybody that you love and you know that you're disappointed in them? Have they come to you and they've taken from you and they've taken, by the way, there's only two kinds of people in this world. There are takers and there are givers. And out of the abundance of your heart, you give and you give to them and you give to them. And, and they go back and they, 
They make the same problems. They do the same thing. They just don't want any help. Does that not, does that not bring you to frustration? Does that not cause you to say, why am I doing this? Because of the love of Christ. I'm hoping they'll make a turn. I'm hoping they'll get out of the hog pen. I'm hoping that they'll realize what God has for him, them. Come back to where they belong. Come back to the one that loves them. And, you know, when you read about the prodigal son, we find that uh, the outcome of this man's life that left home, took, took his inheritance, wasted away, went into foreign country, ended up eating the slop of the hogs. Uh, we find out that this man woke up one day. People need to wake up. And I'm not talking about get, waking up and getting out of bed. I'm talking about waking up to life. I'm talking about waking up to truth. I'm talking about waking up to the fact that if we continue to do things that are not right, that are dis, disappointing to God, displeasing to God, and we keep doing them, and then we're standing over here saying, why am I in this shape, Lord? What have you done to me? God didn't do anything to you. You did it to yourself. By the very nature of sin. We need to turn it over to God. We need to give it up. That means to confess it. And just come to the Lord. He has so many great things for us. He wants us to be involved in His work. He wants us to um, experience what it, what it means to help people in their walk with Christ. You know, we, we, have, a, we have an evangelistic church. Amen? We go out and we visit and we witness. We have a discipling church, right? We, those that come to Christ, we put them in a program and we start teaching them uh, all about Christianity and what God expects for them to do. And then we have, we have a, a follow-up with that to where we take them out with us and we teach them how to witness for Jesus Christ. The Bible commands that we go they're not going to run through the door. We go out in the hedges and the highways and get them in. And sometimes it starts with just a love to see a need in somebody's life and, a, and just to give that person hope. I don't think there's too many of you sitting here today that you're wondering where your next meal is going to come from. But there's a lot of people out there that are doing that. And they need someone just to come and give them a little encouragement, a little hope. Jesus Christ made a difference in my life. And oh, I have to forget, I'm so old now, I can't remember when I was born. Um, well, that doesn't affect, I was born again. That's the important thing. I was born of the Spirit. I was born in August the 25th. 1949, if you believe it or not. I know I don't look that old, but I am. Uh, but I was born in 49, and, and uh, I was born to my parents, and, and they raised me. But in 1972, I know, I just, I just happened to turn over that way. I don't need any answers right now, okay? If I want answers, I'll do this. Okay, all right. But, but November the 19th, 1972, 
I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And he has been in me and around me and loved me through many things. And I thank him today. I am where I am, doing what is pleasing to him because I care about people. And I know you do too. There may be someone here today that you don't have Jesus as your Savior. May I encourage you that you can get saved right here today? We have altar workers. There may be some Christians here today that you've kind of gone astray. You've kind of drifted away from the Lord, His presence, His power. Maybe you've gotten back into some things in the world. And you need to get it right to get back where you need to be. Where God can bless your life. I encourage you to come. And those of you that are supporting financially, laboring with your talents in the church, and you are a blessing to us because you give so much, maybe God wants us to do even more. Do you know this? I truly believe this. God does not seek out the unfaithful to do his work. God does not seek out the unfaithful. He seeks out that person that's actively doing something. And then he whispers to them, I've got something more for you to do. And you may say, Lord, I can't do that. The Lord says, you can with my help. You can do what I'm calling you to do. That's what happened to me December the 19th, 1976, when God called me to preach. I'm grateful that he's been with me all this way.